Hi, everyone, and welcome to Ask the Horse Live. I'm your host, Haley Kerstetter, digital editor at thehorse.com. Tonight, we're talking about managing the itchy horse. Whether your horse has chronic seasonal allergies or occasionally comes in from the field with mysterious hives, how you manage him is very important. This event is sponsored by Kinetic Vet. To answer your questions, we are joined by two expert panelists, Dr. Susan White of the University of Georgia and Dr. Asia Harvey of BW Furlong and Associates. Welcome to both of you. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Dr. White, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yes, I spent the majority of my uh, career in the southeastern United States, where we have uh, heat and humidity uh, in the uh, Gulf State area year round, and also a very large population of insects, many of them biting insects of the horse. And so uh, you become uh, schooled, if you will, in managing skin disease in horses almost by default in my area. Currently, I maintain a uh, consulting practice for dermatology, primarily with veterinarians that I've met through various programs that I've given throughout the United States. Great, thank you. And Dr. Harvey, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background as well? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm currently a clinician at BW Furlong Associates and we're in central New Jersey. Um, so we have just normal seasons and we deal with quite a bit of skin issues. Um, we also have an offshoot practice in Florida. So I get a lot of consultation from our veterinarians down there dealing with um, a variety of you know, skin conditions brought on by the hot human weather and the sand that is quite prevalent in that area. Um, and prior to me being in this practice, I did a, the bulk of my training um, in veterinary schooling in the southern states. So Louisiana, Texas, Alabama, which are quite hot. Um, and you see a unique set of dermatological conditions down there that you don't see up here, but it has helped me expand my knowledge base and uh, provide treatment and diagnostic options to horses that are up here that may experience some of these unusual things. Awesome. Thanks so much. And before we start answering questions, I want to remind everyone of our Ask the Horse Live format. We're starting with questions that were submitted during registration. If you're listening live and would like to submit a question, please do so via the chat window. We'll do our best to get to as many of your questions as possible. If you're listening to the podcast recording of this event and would like to join us live in the future, please visit thehorse.com slash askthehorselive to register for notifications. And with that, we're going to jump into our questions. Dr. White, the first question is for you from Sarah in New Jersey, who asks for tips on managing sweet itch. First, I would like to uh, clarify what we're calling the pruritic or itchy skin disease in the horse. Sweet itch is a name for uh, hypersensitivity to the culicoides mite or, no, or midge rather, or noceum, but in the Southeast and in other parts of the country, 
Um, we use the term insect bite hypersensitivity because horses can become hypersensitive to other flies that uh, feed on the horse. Um, so I'm going to make my comments a little broader than just Culicoides gnats. And uh, it's agreed by all authorities and particularly in a consensus statement that was recently published on uh, the itchy horse that the best way to minimize the clinical signs of sweet itch or IBH is to decrease insect exposure. If you're not managing your horse and your environment to decrease exposure to insects, all the other things that you do will not give you as good a result as just um, practicing the best avoidance possible. That can be environmental, uh, culicoides, uh, midges breed in standing water, um, other flies breed in wet vegetation, rotting vegetation and manure, so sanitation is important. Um, whether or not the horse is stabled, in the stables if you have fans uh, designed for outdoor use uh, to prevent fire hazards, they can create wind currents so that the insects can't land. Um, there are a variety of blankets that cover pretty much the entire horse, including the ventral midline uh, for use in uh, uh, hotter weather to prevent insects from landing. Um, and then of course, um, there are the use of repellents. However, many repellents have extremely short um, time in which they're actually effective. Um, so timing of application of repellents is important. Uh, management of the horse's skin with symptomatic care, such as cool water hosing um, and the use, judicious use of uh, soothing shampoos, such as those containing oatmeal, topical anesthetics, and in some cases, um, there are leave-on rinses of hydrocortisone. Um, all of those practices will uh, improve the horse. Then other uh, targeted therapies are best discussed with your veterinarian that knows your situation and your horse. Sure, thank you. Dr. Harvey, Janine in California says that her 10-year-old Arabian gets an itchy tail and rubs the hair off of it every spring and summer. What can she do to help prevent this? Yeah, it's a great question and a common one that I tend to see in the barns that I go see or horse that comes in just for anything in general. An owner would say, hey, you know, I'm noticing that there's some hair loss. For me, it's important to know where the hair loss is um, because that makes me think of different things. Usually with this presentation, I, when I imagine it or picture it in my head, itchy tail rubs the hair off. It's usually at the base of the tail, so or rather at the top of the tail head. Um, and so that's where I see either skin starting to show through. Sometimes they have secondary um, 
sort of a dermatitis underneath and or you can see short broken hairs where you can still see it's full but getting to that point where it could get more severe and for me the key is that it's seasonal connection spring and summer and with that i think okay so that's when we have our insects being most active and sort of echoing what dr white said um you know that can fall if it is insect hypersensitivity under okay is it kuakoi's biting midges is it flies and i have seen otter cases where it's contact where either the horse depending on if they're trailered or their stall situation they also lean back and rub their tail and that can also result in breakage so um that's a different etiology but let's just say it's a traditional spring summer insect hypersensitivity uh some of the ways to prevent it is uh, very similar where you want to have if the horse is stalled have great fan coverage because again it just reduces how much the flies or you know gnats midges are able to just land on the horse and cause you know irritation enough where they're going to rub um of course you can utilize fly sheets like full body ones i have found that horses that are itchy will sometimes still itch themselves through the fly sheet and cause sores so that's a little bit tricky for some of these animals because it does protect them but again it's coming in contact with irritated skin so it's going to bother them in a different way um truly i say that if they can turn horses out overnight that also reduces how much exposure they get to insects um and i know that's not always an option but i say like when i lived in texas and other places like that a lot of horses would go in night turnout simply because it was way too hot for them to go out in the middle of the day where it's 100 plus outside um, and again similar management things sort of keeping the tail head clean using your medicated shampoo with or without steroids and they make a slew of topical fly repellents um, spot is used where you aren't going to put it on the affected tail itself but sort of on the flank of the horse and they can get turned out in that um, and then you, I think they used to make it in a bright color so when it would wear off you would notice like bright pink um, so you know where you put it. I know EquiShield makes good products that I use where they have the insect bite hypersensitivity line of products and I've had good success with those. Uh, some are topical salves, some are sprays and you apply that once or twice daily. Um, for me, I would say for most people avoid bathing the horse too much because you can make them a little bit drier that way and cause more of a problem. Um, but enough it's a balancing act like with everything um and then you can have topical ointments that people use cowboy magic things like that that i've had some owners said like baby oil works for them so some owners find their own tips and tricks but what i say in terms of prevention rather than treatment is again just as we're gonna say probably several times during this uh discussion is is taking away the exposure part of it sure thank you and on that topic, Dr. Harvey, Sue from our live audience asks if there are any special shampoos that you can suggest for an itchy mane or neck. Yeah, I, I think that I am a fan of medicated shampoo. A lot of times you can go into, you know, your feeder tax store and get, uh, I think, Betamycin's one, a spray. I like the ones that veterinarians or dermatologists tend to use because it's formulated for our veterinary species and it's a little bit stronger than what you can find over the counter um, meaning again you have ck which is a common shampoo that's made by equishield uh, company 
and it can be formulated. It basically stands for chlorhexidine ketoconazole, which is an antibacterial, antifungal, which I like to help protect the skin. Uh, they also make a formulation that has uh, hydrocortisone, so it's CK plus HC shampoo, and that's a topical steroid. Um, I note to owners that you let it sit, let it, and you spray it, it's really only as effective as it's in contact with the horse's skin, but it can provide relief. So if you do have an itchy tail, mane, or just body, you can focally uh, apply a spray or do a shampoo every so often and let it sit, and that will at least bring some relief to the horse. Dr. White, Karen in California says that her horse often gets hives and asks if it's okay to give dexamethasone with hydroxyzine. The short answer to that is yes. Um, however, I wonder if she keeps the horse on a daily medication of hydroxyzine, which is a first order antihistamine. Um, Hydroxyzine is actually metabolized to cetirizine or Zyrtec in the body. And those are the two most common antihistamines that are used in paritic skin disease. However, by themselves, they are almost always insufficient because the antihistamines prevent histamine from acting, but it is only one part of the allergic response that occurs in insect bite hypersensitivity. So uh, my first question to the owner would be, if you don't give any medication, are the occurrence of hives more frequent than if the horse is maintained on hydroxyzine um, on a daily administration? If that's the case, and uh, then you have breakouts of hives occurring, I think what is probably happening is you're having a greater exposure to allergens, which is overwhelming the ability of the inhibition of histamine action to prevent the occurrence of hives. And if that's the reason that you are adding a uh, steroid, in this case dexamethasone, on top of the hydroxyzine, you know, you're just adding another pathway that's more potent to inhibit the allergic reaction. I always tell, and I don't know the situation of how your horse lives, it's very different if they're in California in dry lots with a lot of heat and a lot of dust because those agricultural dusts have many allergens in them as well as the dust particles themselves. And so, um, and then in the Southeast, very often it just depends on how great the insect pressure is in those horses that do have IBH and occurrence of hives. Um, so I think, um, you know that, as I said, the short answer is yes, you can. The better answer would be to do some investigation with your veterinarian and try and figure out the triggers that are causing the um, occurrence of hives. And then I tell people when they have horses with with um, 
severe clinical IBH is to manage those horses as if they had, had asthma because many IBH horses are atopic and the environmental antigens, uh, allergens are contributing to the response of the horse. I've had IBH horses myself and you know the severity of the clinical signs. One particular event pony I had would break out in hives when the insect pressure was particularly high. Um, and so anything that you can do to try and figure out what's happening in your individual situation may help you not have to rely on systemic glucocorticoids um, very often. Sure. Dr. Harvey, Margaret, who lives in Alaska and she's in our live audience and her 28 year old gelding rubs his rear and between his front legs all year long. However, it's more prominent in the summer. Do you have any ideas as to why he might be doing this or how she can manage it? That is a little bit difficult because if I, let's say she was calling me and I was consulting over the phone, it could be caused by a variety of things. A good physical exam would help me figure that out um, because it may not be due to insects. Like, yes, it it's, seems to be he does it all year round, but it's worse during the season. So I would start to question, okay, are we dealing with insect like hypersensitivity where he's just, you know, itching himself there. I've also seen other cases where it doesn't quite fit with that because they don't have the tail head um, hair loss or any obvious dermatitis on the tail head. But sometimes dirty sheaths can cause horses to rub themselves or if you have a mare and udder and frequent sheaf cleanings can alleviate that or even sometimes internal parasites can cause them to rub their butt. Um, pinworms are not that common in horses, but it's something where you know, you don't know unless you do a specific tape test and look under a microscope and see the eggs that identify themselves as pinworms that you figure out it's a problem. So I'd say that this is an instance where I'd say you'd have, she would have to consult her veterinarian to sort of lay hands and eyes on the horse and try to figure out if there's any prevailing clinical sign or physical exam finding that they could find that would explain why her horse is doing this because much like Dr. White said, you can throw a lot of things at the horse, but I like to at least have some idea in my mind what the most likely cause is to tailor a treatment regimen or even diagnostics has helped me tailor a treatment regimen. That way it, you have much greater chance of success in at least alleviating the problems. And on a similar note, Dr. Harvey, Mary, who's also in our live audience, has two donkeys that start itching in the late winter. She wants to know if there's any reason why they start itching at that time of year. She's given them hydroxyzine and treated with coat defense. Anything else that she can do? With that, it's interesting that it's late winter. So then I would question, are the donkeys housed inside? Or is there any way, I mean, I assume like the winter there's it's damp there's some form of snow is their coat getting soaked through and not drying completely or if they're inside are they getting shut inside and there's more allergens and then environmental allergens are triggering them to be uh, show clinical signs that would be a sort of a stepping stone would be okay what are their environments and so yes yeah, she's doing the correct things by 
treating them with the antihistamines and giving the coat defense. Um, sometimes I, the wintertime is hard, especially if skin conditions, because it's not like you can give them a bath if you want it to, because it's freezing outside and there is no limited places where they have heat lamps or warm water to give baths. So it's something where keeping them clean, curing them, um, you know, I think the antihistamine is a fair thing to do, but if it seems to be they're getting damp and then they're inside and not drying out all the way, I would just make sure that if that is at play, you know, making sure they get toweled down, making sure their coats are clean and um, trying to do best you can to alleviate some of those things. Dr. White, Karen, who is in Georgia and is also a listener in the live audience, has an itchy horse that is on cetirizine daily, 10 25 milligram pills in the morning and 10 at night. She also uses Equishield SA powder daily. Is this a safe combination? The SA powder um, is perfectly safe with anything else that you're doing. Um, it's formulated with a variety of uh, ingredients that decrease inflammation uh, and uh, support um, skin health. Um, so, you know, the SA powder is, is not a problem to combine with anything else. Um, the cetirizine dosage um, is, I'm sitting here, um, I think the 250, 10 pills, um, total of 250 milligrams is probably a bit on the low end of cetirizine, if I'm thinking of the correct dose off the top of my head. Um, and here again, uh, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence from uh, veterinarians and horse owners that horses on hydroxyzine or cetirizine have a uh, decreased severity, a manageable, you know, they may go from what the owner considers uh, very severe to manageable when they're on cetirizine. Um, however, that alone rarely is going to be the answer to the problem. Um, if you have a horse on cetirizine and it, it uh, effectively decreases the pruritus that your horse is, is exhibiting, um, I don't see any problems with keeping the horse on that. I would caution people that antihistamines tend to thicken uh, respiratory secretions. And so if you have a horse that has asthma and um, pruritic skin disease that you want to consider um, the possibility that long-term it may affect the clearance of mucus from the respiratory tract in horses with asthma. Then um, I was somewhere I should have in front of me, but I unfortunately don't have it written down with a um, satirizing dose is, but um, it's generally, you know, there's a range of what's used. Um, 
Higher doses sometimes can cause sedation or fine muscle tremors in a horse. So you're probably pushing the envelope as far as dosage if you see either of those. Dr. Harvey, Alyssa, who is in our live audience, asks if you have any experience with Apoquel use in your patients. If so, is there a good reference for dosing? That's a very good question. I found it's considered extra label in horses right now. I believe they're trying to work on, uh, might be Zoetis, I think that develops Epiquil. Um, I think they're trying to develop a official dosing regimen for horses, but I know I've used it a lot um, in these horses that tend to be refractory, like I will use tyrosine and corticosteroids together, um, but for horses where I need them to have relief that it's a little bit stronger because it is a different pathway. Um, it's not a corticosteroid, it's not an antihistamine, um, and it's a tablet. I found that I have good success in some horses. And so the apoquil is obtained through most veterinaries, uh, pharmacies or your veterinarian. So apoquil is 16 milligram tablets, and there is a wide dosing range with that. Um, I tend to do with most things lower end of the dose to see if it works, if the horse is not too bad, and then I increase it if I need to. So for average, you know, ideal 1,200 plus pound warm bloods, it's about uh, 0.25 mg per kg once a day for 14 days, and then you decrease it for every other day for 14 days. I have seen, and other veterinarians um, have seen that if, if within two to three days you don't see a response, it's not impossible, unlikely the apical is really going to do much beyond then. And if you want to stick with it, however, you can then increase your dosage to about half a mg per kg once a day um, for the same range of time for 10 days. So that on average for, let's say it's a pretty big 1200 pound horse like the ones I deal with, that would then be about nine tablets a day. So if you're doubling your dose, you're then going to 18. So they're not large either, because I know sometimes some horses will eat it off their feed. Um, I've had horses tolerate it really well. I personally have not seen any side effects on horses that have been an Apoquil. And as I said, it just depends on the horse and what the underlying etiology of either their hives or um, atopic dermatitis is. I have found horses that just need relief immediately that Apoquil is a good option. I will caution owners that it is expensive. So it's the beauty about cetirazine is that it's cheap and I can, you can get over the counter apical you have to get from a veterinarian in most instances and is, it can be more expensive. Sure. And this question is also for you, Dr. Harvey. Wendy in Florida wants to know if spirulina helps with bug allergies and is safe to use all year. Spirulina, like many other supplements, uh, have a combination of varying vitamins, minerals that promote overall skin and body health. And omega-3 fatty acids, I think, is also key because that's shown via research to play a role in maintaining the structural integrity of the skin um, and barrier function, as well as it has anti-inflammatory effects, not just for the skin. I've used it also for respiratory cases uh, that also have an allergic component. Um, they basically help reduce the expression of some molecules that contribute to the inflammatory response. 
so I'd say like, yes, they're safe to use all year round. I would say specifically with spirulina, there is blue-green algae in it. It's the self-safe blue-green algae, but I will say that is always a, a chance for contamination with the not safe algae, which you hear about dogs swimming in lakes and then they become acutely neurologic and pass. Same thing can happen to horses. And I have seen rare uh, cases of horses where unfortunately a supplement that has algae gets somehow contaminated with the bad algae and it does not take a lot at all. So that's the one thing I get a little bit cautious about with algae, blue-green algae products. Um, I'm sure it is safe most of the time, but I, as an internist, I have to always tell my clients the downside to everything. So I just warn them like, hey, you can use that, but maybe let's go towards a supplement that may not have blue-green algae in it, or if your horse is sensitive to it, which some are, um, then let's choose something else that may not be as taxing on their GI, for instance. Dr. White, Stacy in our live audience says that she's a barn manager at a horse rescue and they have many horses who rub their tails in the spring and summertime. What might cause this in multiple horses? And she also notes that they're all up to date on parasite control. Um, well, Dr. Harvey uh, touched on this. Uh, one uh, that I think is commonly overlooked, and Dr. Harvey mentioned this, is that you can get uh, skin infections with staph and yeast infections that occur between the calves of the mammary gland that occur uh, within the sheath of the horse uh, that can cause them to itch their tails because they can't itch those areas in any other way. Um, many people use uh, the high concentration permethrin spot-on products. Uh, and Dr. Harvey mentioned this, don't put it on the base of the tail, but the instructions when you get over-the-counter products tell you to put it on the base of the tail. And those concentrated products combined with sunlight um, will either burn horses or cause a lot of horses that are not itching their tail to start itching their tail. Um, the classic sign of rubbing a tail out is due to pinworms. And as Dr. Harvey said, they're not as common as they used to be with the use of uh, the frequent use of avermectins, um, but they do occur. Um, and there is a simple test that your veterinarian can do to um, rule that in or out. Um, oftentimes, again, mentioned by Dr. Harvey is that the skin itself, um, not the hairs, but the skin may be uh, accumulating heavy keratin layers. It may be um, when you get your fingers at the base of the hair, maybe uh, sort of sticky and tacky, and those horses may benefit from a, a keratolytic shampoo. Here again, more is not necessarily better. As we have both have said, you have to have judiciously clean the horse. Um, and um, of course, biting insects uh, are also a problem. In the Southeast, we have, and I think now almost anywhere in the US, you have to consider ticks. Um, ticks will climb up on uh, 
grasses and weeds if you have them and brush and then attach themselves very commonly to the tail and then crawl up the tail and insert themselves at the base of the hairs. Um, seed ticks or the larva forms are small. They can be the size of the head of a pin. They're um, gray tan in color and they match the skin tone on most horses that don't have white skin and they can cause really intense pruritus and result in secondary skin infections, which may also um, cause a horse to rub their tail. Dr. White, this question is also for you from Mike in Idaho, who says that his horse lays on his belly and rubs along the center line of the stomach, which creates sores there. Do you know what might be causing this? Oh, all the things that we've talked about. Um, some culicoides, gnats feed on the ventral parts of the horse and so, uh, and horn flies, if they are um, subjected to sunlight, like to crawl to the shade area of the belly of the horse, allergies to both of those can cause paritis and the horse may uh, scratch on brush or lay down and crawl around on the ground to scratch their ventral midline. Um, Oncocerca, if you're not in the habit of using avermectins, either moxidectin or ivermectin frequently, um, those people that are doing strategic deworming, we've seen a resurgence of Oncocerca larva hypersensitivities, culicoides, midges carry Oncocerca larva. Uh, and the same thing for the tailhead. Um, the superficial staph and yeast infections in the um, prepuce uh, in between mammary glands uh, in the horse can be, particularly when it's hot, can be very pruritic and the horse may uh, crawl on the ground or rub itself over the top of brush to scratch uh, the ventral midline. Uh, I would suggest that um, that an examination be done to look, and ticks always, if you're, you've got to remember, um, almost everything I read talks about how ticks are marching north to places they haven't been before, be it Mexican varieties in the south or the southern varieties going north. Uh, those are another thing to consider. Uh, once you've um, determined the reason for the um, paritis, then the therapy can be directed at um, healing the sores that the horse has um, produced from self-trauma. Dr. Harvey, Kathy in Georgia wants to know how to treat a bee or wasp sting that has caused localized swelling. I recently dealt with a horse that unfortunately was stalled and got attacked by, I want to say about 50 of these. Um, and it's a good thing to know what to do because the horse can look normal at first because um, it's quite acute and you might see a couple of stings, but like this other animal that I happen to encounter and treat, it quickly spreads to an allergic reaction and in the most severe form, no different than humans, they can get an anaphylactic reaction. Um, so that's when that involves not just, you know, localized hives, diffuse uh, 
more um, consolidated hives, plaques of edema, their throat latch area can get swollen, their nose, everything gets swollen that could lead in worst case scenario to respiratory distress um, and necessitate emergency procedures like a trach. Um, again, that's very unlikely, but um, I definitely tell owners that like, this is something that should be addressed. So the localized swelling, I find that a combination of oral or IV anti-inflammatories, I prefer banamine for what I call visceral pain or soft tissue pain. If you have butte on hand, I'll give that um, as long as it's some anti-inflammatory in the horse. Otherwise, it's not contraindicated, like they don't have underlying renal disease or a reason why they should not be getting an NSAID. Um, then I would tailor that to something different, like using acinaminophen with Tylenol in horses is safe. Um, or something like an Equiox, things like that, that may not be as strong, but it's providing some form of anti-inflammatory relief. Uh, I then also pair that with a strong corticosteroid, so dexamethasone, IV, or orally. Um, if you have it on hand, really helps blunt that inflammatory response, and in my mind, also stop that from becoming a larger issue and going into not just highs and look like swelling, but you know, something more extreme. And these horses tend to be very itchy because the venom in the sting is still is what's causing that localized reaction. And nine times out of 10, the stinger is still in their skin. You can't find it, it's very small. It'll eventually come out on its own, but that's also a source of constant sort of dripping of venom and, and secondary smelling. Um, so banamine, uh, corticosteroids, I do add antihistamine, either cetirizine or hydroxyzine. Um, even diphenhydramine, which we do have in an injectable formulation, I always get that IM um, and sort of hit them with everything and then follow up with a cetirizine orally or hydroxyzine orally later. Um, cold pack therapy, uh, so anything you can do, just an ice pack to put on the swelling. If there's a couple, it's nearly impossible to put it on their entire body. And then interesting side note, I find that if DMSO gel, does help if you put on the wasting immediately. Uh, it will help with some of that puritis secondarily that develops. And if you don't have that, something like over-the-counter, like aloe vera gel will do the trick. You're just trying to get something topically on there that's not gonna hurt or make things worse um, type of deal. And my main thing is just monitor the horse because they can quickly look okay and then it can spiral. So I think that it's, never um, a bad idea to have your veterinarian on speed dial. You can certainly give some of these things on hand under their guidance, but it's it's something where I say for at least 24 hour period, if not longer, um, just keep an eye on them. Usually if horses have a bad reaction, it's worse than just localized swelling. It's within, it's immediately, it's within an hour or two. And Dr. White, Carrie wants to know what can be done for a horse with EMS who reacts strongly to bug bites. And she notes that in the past, steroids have triggered laminitic episodes in this horse. Well, I think that um, you then have to manage that horse without the use of steroids. Um, and here we're going to fall back to say we know that um, the horses has a hypersensitivity to bug bites. You have to do everything that you can environmentally, uh, as well as managing the horse to decrease exposure to bug bites. 
You can use antihistamines. Um, as I said, in some horses, they may uh, help uh, alleviate pruritus. They very rarely by themselves will solve the problem. You can use uh, cold water hosing. You can use supplements that support um, both the uh, integrity of the skin as well as decrease inflammation. Um, on the banner, on if you're looking on your computer, Equishield SA is, is one of several that can help. Um, and also, I thought the question on Apoquil was um, uh, very timely because um, a year ago in the European Veterinary Dermatologic Meeting, um, there was an abstract by Benovic where he has shown that the pathway that Apoquil interrupts is highly um, expressed in horses with insect bite hypersensitivity. And so it does offer uh, a viable um, method uh, to try and decrease the re response to insect bites. And, and Dr. Harvey said all the right things, you know, the, I know Benevic thinks that a dose higher than 0.25 mg per kg is probably um, not gonna make a difference. And that if it is going to work, it'll work within the first week. And for some horses that uh, have been put on Apoquil that I know of, it's been a game changer. And so for you with the um, added uh, complication of EMS, it might be something that you would like to explore uh, with your veterinarian. Dr. Harvey, Rose in New York asks how she can keep ticks off of her horse. It's always difficult because of just horses and the fact that they're outside. Um, you know, our small animal companions, it's a little bit easier to slap like a terrestrial collar and have oral you know, fleeing tick medications, you can get them. Horses, much like livestock, it's limited to pour on formulations or spray on. And again, those have short acting uh, efficacies because you're just pouring it on them and it has to be repeat application. And you're not removing them from the environment where there, there are ticks everywhere. Um, but what I have found that if you, if possible, like I know some horses are a more rural area, um, but try to keep them in a more manicured area where the grass is not as high, there's not as many trees surrounding the paddocks, things like that that can help on some of these, uh, you know, sort of environments they favor. Um, the topical medications, of course, you can use uh, corral, deep woods, frontline spray that you can apply to their mane, tail, chest, and every everywhere that you feel like they're going to legs that they're going to get exposed to. Um, I would just say make sure to check the labels because some I'm very hesitant to use things that are multiple species because cattle drugs are typically very strong and it's, you know, cows are five, you know, twice as big as a horse. And so something um, that may not bother a cow or is appropriate medication for the cow um, may not be for horses because even though it's topical, there's still a degree of systemic absorption of these drugs and toxicity and overdoses often seen manifest as neurological signs. Um, so that's what I always caution people is like, don't just go out and grab the first thing you see, like read about it, ask your veterinarian, say, hey, have you used this? Is it safe? There's so many products so you can often get lost in a shuffle. 
um, the normal ivermectin and moxidectin dewormers are effective in eradicating ticks as well, because that is a lot of times also a component in the porons, um, along with uh, pyrethrin. But um, the tick has to attach and take a blood meal with the ivermectin and moxidectin dewormers that you give them normally. So it's not going to repel them, of course. Um, and then, of course, you can do environmental repellents applied to pastures. Again, this should be done by someone who's done it, is very experienced, or is a professional, just because, again, too much, the horse can then, you need some period where you're spraying it and the horses are not turned out on this because they go graze and then toxicity results in neurologic signs and in worst case scenario, um, death um, type of deal. So that can help, but again, just consult with professionals who used it, you know, farmers, veterinarians, and pest control people before just going and buying and, and using one. Sure. Dr. White, Bronwyn in Ontario asks what to do when managing a horse that has lost most of his hair due to itching. If the horse has lost its hair from self-trauma, what's happening in the skin is that the hair has broken off at the level of the epidermis, the very top of the skin. And if you can stop the itching, then the hair will um, uh, regrow. The problem with horses, because they um, have seasonal shedding and growth of new hair, that um, it can be slower than an owner wants for the hair to regrow. So first of all, if the horse truly does not have much of a hair coat, you don't want them out in direct sunlight. One thing we haven't mentioned yet tonight is that solar radiation will exacerbate paritis of any cause. And so keeping horses in um, shade, be it by run-in sheds or stabling, um, so that they're not exposed to direct sunlight, um, you combine that with heat and you get a lot of paritis. Here again, a um, a supplement designed to um, uh, promote skin health and hair growth, just like in people where you can go to your local pharmacy and buy over-the-counter uh, uh, medications, mostly vitamins that for skin, uh, hair and nails health, you can do the same thing for the horse. Equishield SA is one, um, even Platinum's Basic Wellness is another one. Um, topical um, alleviation of paritis. Uh, here again, judicious uh, use of medicated shampoos. Those with um, topical anesthetics, uh, leave-on steroid rinses. Um, making sure that the horse that has scratched themselves enough that they have removed most of their hair, you need to ensure, as Dr. Harvey mentioned, that they don't have secondary skin infections with staph or yeast. Uh, superficial staph infections are actually a lot more common in horses than, than most people recognize. In that situation, a um, medicated shampoo, here again, the uh, Kinetic CK is um, one that would be uh, suitable for that. Um, but as far as making the hair grow faster, 
then it will on its own. Um, there really isn't, you know, a, a medication out there that's going to make Mother Nature produce uh, hairs and hair follicles faster than they normally do. And what you want to do is prevent any more loss and then wait three to four weeks for new hairs to come in and um, regrow hair that's been lost. If this is a chronic problem and there are changes in the integrity of the skin itself, then you may have a horse that has had um, chronic changes to the hair follicles and hair growth may not be totally normal. The best way to figure that out is to do a, have a skin biopsy done by your veterinarian and have a analysis by a pathologist of what is actually happening in the hair follicles and where they are in the growth cycle. And that will give you a better answer of when your horse might have a hair coat again. Dr. Harvey, Heidi in our live audience has a quarter horse mare whose summer coat looks like two different hides, similar to zebra stripes, she says. Her mother had the same coat pattern and they've both been tested for a brindle, which came back negative. Any ideas on what could cause this? And she also notes that the mane and tail uh, have hair loss and dandruff, which has improved with kinetic vet skin and allergy. Hmm. That's interesting because I know that there's some cord horse lines. This is completely different, but they have that raccoon tail where I know it's like black and white hair on their tail, and that's attributed to a specific line of cord horses that you see. But I would assume that this has a genetic link and it may be something that's not been identified yet and it's just seen in these two mares instances mother and daughter but um may also lend itself to have those both those horses having um maybe a predisposition for underlying skin you know sensitivity on top of it um i personally have not seen that but that is interesting um i would then ask only times I've seen it, it's not quite as crisp as like zebra lines, but I've seen horses that have different color hair. Um, so for instance, a chestnut mare that has black patches, white patches, or another horse that may have, you know, a thicker coat and a thinner coat at the same time. I find two different causes for that potentially. One, I think that it's just chronic inflammation can lead to pigment deposition and hair coat. So then that can change the color. So their original color is still there, but then they have alternating white or, you know, dark patches that signifies like, is that where they had a high or things like that? And then other things, depending on the age, um, I think of something like Cushing's or P AKA PPID, where their hair coat tends to get longer, not necessarily change in color per se. So that one would be interesting. I would say that, you know, I believe it's at UC Davis where they have more complete genetic panels for the quarter breed that include every, not every day, but every so often more genetic testing about not just the myopathies, HYBP, but HERDA and other things like that. So I'll ask your vet to look into that. There may be further genetic testing that may explain that the hair coat discoloration in this mare is one sign, but there's might be another um, reason for it. This is more in cattle, but I know copper deficiency can cause them, I want to say, to get lighter. Um, so that's also something maybe doing a mineral panel 
making sure like iron, zinc, manganese, all these things that none of us think about until, um, you know, you, you're faced with cases like that, that sometimes mineral deficiencies can manifest as coat thriftiness, you know, easily breaking or color changes in the instances of copper. Um, so I'd say it's something where just general supplementation, which, you know, dietary, um, skin and allergy things, um, all the recommendations that we made before would omega-3 fatty acids would probably just keep her baseline healthy, but then maybe looking into genetic and or mineral deficiencies as a reason why that coat color um, or indistinction is there would be my next step. Dr. White, Kim in Colorado said she recently moved her horses to the state with her and they developed terrible hives when given first cut Timothy and alfalfa mix. She wants to know if this is likely to happen every year and if so, what can she do to help them moving forward? Sometimes when two things happen at the same time, they don't necessarily mean cause and effect. So there's a lot of changes that happened in her horses when she moved them to Colorado. Um, I don't know where she came from initially. Um, first cutting hay is generally more mature and often has more weeds in it than second or third cutting hay. Um, there may be a component of um, plants that are allergens that are not necessarily the timothy grass or the alfalfa. It may be that the horses, if they were not, um, if they were on a all grass hay uh, previously, and then they are now on an alfalfa um, mixed hay that the uh, higher protein content in the alfalfa may be affecting the skin. And it also may be that there are allergens in Colorado that were not present where the horses lived before and that they are having a um, allergic response to any number of insect or environmental antigens that occur in their new environment. I've had the reverse of that occur. I've had horses that lived in California uh, with perfectly normal skin, move to Georgia and develop quickly um, very severe IBH. Um, we know that horses that are genetically predisposed to IBH, if they're exposed to um, inciting uh, gnats or flies, uh, late in life that they're more likely to develop IBH and to a greater degree of severity. Um, so I think that um, the, the easy answer, if we believe that it was the first cutting of Timothy alfalfa hay, would be to change the hay the next year and see if the same thing happens. If you went to all grass hay, if that's what the horse was used to and you still had the same reaction in the spring, then I would be looking for other reasons. Um, I just, you know, it's, it's, it, it's very, let me just say that true food allergies, 
that cause paritis in atopic horses is actually very rare and there's the least amount of evidence in the literature that supports uh, food substances acting as a GI administered allergen for manifestations of skin disease like there is in dogs. Not to say that it doesn't occur. I've, I've had uh, some cases that I've proved with removal and challenge uh, to reproduce the same disease. But I would think that changing your hay, um, using not first cutting hay, um, and if that works and there are no other problems, then you have your answer. Otherwise, I suspect that you might find that there may be multiple allergens that are affecting the horses that are present in Colorado that weren't from wherever you came from. Dr. Harvey, with just under three minutes left, this will be our last question, and it's from Linda in New York, who wants to know why her horse, who is 22, has recently become very itchy, even though he has not had any problems like this in the past. Do you have any insight for her? Uh, yeah, I believe that with most allergic conditions, um, like anything, they can be acquired. So I've had cases like that where horses have respiratory allergy disease, um, so inflammatory air disease, equine asthma, all that that's under the umbrella, um, and sort of under everything and broad allergic, including skin, it can happen at any age. So I take that into account, but I say, could it just be prolonged exposure to an allergen? Did the horse recently move somewhere? Is there a new hay? Is it a new barn? Um, did it move from a different state? All these might indicate that there's something new in this horse's environment, even changing pastures or paddocks. I've had horses who were fine for 21 years and one was pregnant, all of a sudden had an asthma attack and I diagnosed her with um, equine asthma. So I think that the first step would be trying to find a trigger. If there's any change in the environment, diet, and then from there, um, doing some diagnostics, whether it be I know we use a lot of intradermal skin allergy testing to find. Um, I think it's the most accurate. Serological is available, but uh, I think intradermal, and it's been proven that it's more accurate in terms of finding what a horse might be allergic to, and then using that for immunotherapy shots um, to try and overstimulate the immune system to then ignore things in the future. Um, and it has varying success, but pretty good success in horses. Or, um, you know, and a caveat to that is those shots also help horses that have respiratory allergens as well, because um, all part of the same complex. So I'd say that, you know, I would start with environmental dietary and then go down, not quite the rabbit hole, but try to figure out, okay, what has changed if you can, and never rule out the fact that allergies can happen at any age, even if the horse has been fine for its entire life environment changes, even with global warming and everything. So I think that it's worth doing appropriate diagnostics to try and help um, the horse if treatment's not needed for immediate relief. That's all the time that we have for tonight. I want to thank both of you for joining us and Kinetic Vet for sponsoring this event.
And finally, thank you to our audience for listening and sending in their questions. If you're listening to us after the live event as a podcast episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and recommend Ask the Horse Live to a friend. Until next time, from everyone at the horse, have a great night.